I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> How are you doing? Not doing too bad. How are you doing? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I feel like uh, I had an excessive amount of physical activity today, but like probably the right amount of physical activity because I I tried pickleball. Have you ever played pickleball? I've never played, but I've heard people love it. It is. I understand because I used to play tennis a long time ago. I wasn't good at, at tennis at all, but like it's weird how much muscle memory I have. I have just enough muscle memory in tennis that it impacts me negatively <laughs> playing pickleball because you kind of have to unlearn a lot of stuff because your body positions are different and stuff. But it's so fun. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like really, it, it feels like like if you turned ping pong into tennis and then made it like a more physical somehow i don't know it's just it's fun it's real fun but it's not a ping pong ball it's like a wiffle ball or a pickleball rather anyway but yeah i use muscles i didn't know i had for the last 20 years and i was like yeah work out and then i was like i'm gonna go on a walk and so i went on a walk and then i took the kids to a splash pad and we were like splash 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 and now i'm like i am so chill <laughs> my brain is turning off it, it's that moment where where you remember activity and you're like so excited to be doing stuff and then you never want to stop because why would you ever want to stop moving and then you stop moving and then you go oh Oh, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, cause oh yeah, the muscles oh they're sore, they're sore. Speaking of, so okay, so our idea for today was to mm-hmm. go and try to well not like reenact, but try to retrace our steps through a really interesting conversation we had on the heels of the edit of the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, oh, Isabel, it was such a, when I, you always send me the episodes before we release them and I always have noticed it's listen to them. You know, you are incredible at crafting these episodes, like period. <laughs> um, no, like, like it's amazing. And well, to be fair, I usually send them to you like the night before. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a total of like two hours to get back to me. Maybe you need to change. And something. that's enough time. Like mm-hmm. it is. And um, I've never, I've never been like, oh no. Mm-hmm. So when I listened to it uh, last, uh, when I listened to the preview of the last episode. Mm-hmm. And just um, for the record, when we're saying last episode, we're saying episode thirty-two, mm-hmm. which is like, can hyperfocus be your friend? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
when I listened to that, I left myself with this impression of, oh, you are such, you were, you interrupted Isabel. You were, you were not, you were saying things that I, I don't think I agree with now. You just couldn't stop talking. I was very, I was very frustrated, like hearing myself. And so, you know, I called oh. you, I'm like, I don't know if this is a good one. Like, maybe we want to skip this one. You're like, no, I think it's fine. I think David, if I'm saying this right, Isabel, you were like, maybe this is about your shame and your guilt. Maybe we, we <laughs> yes. release it and we, we talk about it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. Well, yeah, I feel like I'm, I mean, how to put it? I'm used to, not that, I mean, you share about, I mean, we all share about all our stuff. Like, it's not a question of that. But like, I feel like you have so generously and very kindly reframed things I've said, you know, like when I'm feeling sheepish about something or uncomfortable about something, even in the literally in the last episode, right? Because I was talking about hyperfocus. I was talking about fixating on like a, a rom-com that I was watching for a time obsessively. And what does that mean? And I, it was so interesting to me to see, like, I don't know, it was interesting for me to experience what it's like to hear you, maybe not doubt yourself, but kind of like second guess yourself or yep. wish you could have done it differently or wish you could have engaged in a different way. And of course, on my end, I I, I was, I don't really, I mean, I, can, I, I wanted to understand what you were talking about, but I also don't even notice it, which I don't know what that means. But I guess for like, I mean, at the base level around the interrupting, I'm like, isn't that just how we talk when we're excited? I, yes. I interrupt you all the time. I don't care. Like, I don't think it, I don't know. But there's more here. So that's why I wanted us to maybe, you know, turn on the mic and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. And here we yeah. are. And and I was ready to do that. I was ready to like unmask and like be vulnerable. Mm. Because the whole heart of what we're doing is like trying to be who we are and not be perfect. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Even mistakes and Mm -hmm. uh, when we forget things and all that. And so I was going to give this, like, I'm going to give this a good try. Like, Isabel, I'm going to listen to that whole episode right before we get on. I'm going to have these notes. I'm going to be ready to critique myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be ready to, like, rip this apart because there was, I, I was left after I first listened to it with this impression that I was missing a lot, that, that there were mm -hmm. things that I said that were wrong and that I was rude to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to it today. Mm -hmm. I, I, for a different episode today. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, uh, I, I kept looking for the things that I was sure were going to be there. Again. Yeah. And, and they weren't there. And it made me go like, oh, I hate that these things are true for me too. And it was like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to, to really think about. But when, when I first heard this episode, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in a, I was not feeling well. Mm -hmm. I, I would say I didn't get enough rest the night before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that I was in like the environmental variables there, like they were, they were kind of stacked against me having a clear view of it. And mm -hmm. I think I really had a negative slant when I, when I listened to it and a, a base level of who I am listens to this one rule <laughs> that I've made in my life. Mm -hmm. If someone I trust says it's okay. It's okay. And yeah. I trust you, Isabel. And so when I was like, this is terrible, right? And you're like, no, it's <laughs> fine. I was like, oh, okay. Uh -huh. Like it had to be okay. But it was this moment where like, sure, I looked at some things that I could expand on. And like, for whatever reason, I spaced out last episode and was like, 
I was talking about like this intermittent fast and why I was doing it. And I lost my place. And I can just say now, like, I remember exactly what I lost, which is the intermittent fast helped me make decisions about food because I was really, really hungry. And it provided structure on when to eat that didn't exist before. Oh. That was all I wanted to say. Yeah. It'll make sense with our last episode, but like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with, it's like but, a really drawn out Easter egg. It's a really yeah, it's drawn a, out. Yeah. There, there it is. Right. But I think, um, I think there's a nuance around how we talk about like the task that becomes important. And I think what's really important too, is you were saying some things around self-soothing mm -hmm. that I think were really important that I think I maybe edged out too quickly. Mm. And I thought like both of them required maybe a longer conversation because I was being pretty black and white in a moment that requires, I think a lot more gray. Whoa. Well, David talk about meta. Because, well, a couple things. I mean, the layers here, David, the layers, like the layer, like the thing you just described, first of all, of having the experience of, I don't know if this resonates, but it's almost like this, it's like this deep visceral sense that something like I have made like some awful mistake or error and like I hear it and it's so obvious. And then when others give you the feedback, actually, no, you're, you're fine. Or like you said, when someone's, <laughs> when you trust us, it's okay. I, I have, I have to own that when you say that I was like, I don't know if I would personally take that advice. I feel like I would, I feel like that part of me would still fight back no matter who it is. It's just a really tough nut to crack. If that makes sense, like your own sense of self-doubt or self-judgment or self-criticism, whatever, you know, your inner critic, whatever that is. And then what I, what I was thinking about as you were talking and I don't, I really want us to go to the things you just talked about too, right? Where it's like, well, let's spend more time on the self-soothing in the last episode, but is it okay if I also throw in? Cause what I was thinking about is something I remember you saying a really long time ago for us folks who are neurodivergent, there is a layer of our own assessment of ourself is not like the full, like one of the things I am challenged by is the fact that my own self-assessment is not always going to be accurate. So given that, and given that we have so many knocks in our self-esteem and like this like setup of maybe really underestimating ourselves or devaluing ourselves but then when you kind of have evidence to the contrary, like literally here, you had this physical evidence, you had the physical recording of this episode. And then you listen to it, like you said, in a different state of mind, it sounds like with different environmental, like maybe you got more rest, maybe you were, you know, you had a better meal, you had a better conversation with someone, whatever, like you just felt differently. And suddenly your assessment of the thing changed. I mean, I don't think that's unique to neurodivergent folks. I think all of us are so much impacted by our mindset around, I don't know. I'm kind of, does this make sense? I'm seeing nods. <laughs> it, it does. I think, I think what's different here is um, all, anyone that's neuro, neurodivergent um, that learns differently, that thinks differently, we don't have models. Mm. We don't have like a litmus test to hold our behavior to that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I would really love Like one of the things that happens is like, we can forget to eat. Yes. I literally forgot to eat breakfast this morning before right. I played pickleball. And, David, horrible idea, horrible idea. And when those things happen, it impairs or impacts our executive functioning and our judgment. 
Mm. And, and I don't think anyone's immune to that, mm-hmm. including me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think having a support system or friends around you that you trust is really important. And you mm-hmm. said something right there where it's like, I would keep fighting. It's like, yes, we could all keep fighting. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like for me, I, I don't, I don't run out, of, run out of the fight. Like I don't, I could keep going. I could burn the village. Mm-hmm. Um, I burned enough villages in my past mm-hmm. to know that I don't want to do that anymore. And if a friend mm-hmm. says something that makes me turn off that entire system, mm-hmm. I listen to it. And mm-hmm. I think it also maybe want to underscore like how much I do trust you, Isabel. Like Aww. I trust you to the point where you saying that I could hear it. I was like, oh, okay, Ooh, power down. Like we're gonna we're gonna launch this episode, and mm-hmm. I'm glad we did. I think there were some really good things that that happened in that episode, and mm-hmm. I think it was a good, a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the place that I think maybe if we could expand a little bit, like like the place that I think needs to be expanded is around self-soothing. Mm-hmm. And I think the question is, when is self-soothing the task? And when is self-soothing a distraction? Mm-hmm. I think that becomes a really important line to talk about. Self-soothing is so important, and I don't want to ever undermine the importance of it. Like, the way we feel has a lot to do with how we perform. And if you're a person that needs to be soothed or grounded before you perform, it's like get some good self-soothing in before you perform. Like that becomes part of the task. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say the task is cleaning your room, right? And you don't want to, and you want to self-soothe before you clean your room. And it's like, okay, but does does that help you? Does that like... Can you, can you go from like one soothing to another soothing to another soothing and then like never actually clean your room? Hmm. And it's like, how do we, how do we know when self-soothing is too much? Like when the task is doing the thing that's uncomfortable, not keeping ourselves soothed. When do we, how do we make that kind of distinction in life? Because I think that's so important for people. And one of the things that I was kind of like interrupting you with, which I thought was really, I didn't like that I did in, in, in the last episode is you were talking about how important self-soothing is and getting grounded, how important that actually is. Mm-hmm. It's super important. Mm-hmm. It's especially if it's part of the task. Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, it's interesting because what I'm thinking about, I mean, maybe this goes back to the larger thing of like task versus emotionality, you know, like what is... What is, you know, as much as we say the task is to do the cleaning of the room, there is always in my, I mean, in my theoretical understanding, but also just I think in like life, right, there is also, you know, the undercurrent of what, you know, what storms are brewing in you or around you or, you know, what waves of feelings or thoughts or inspirations or, you know, all that stuff is kind of hitting you. And I think the way... I think I think about soothing is it is predicated on having to I guess like how to put it you're you're like you can you can be doing something that is really soothing to yourself and be unaware of it. So I think maybe what I mean by self-soothing is a, a moment of awareness that you need soothing and then exercising the soothing, right? So for example, let's say you want to, you, you need to clean your room, but you're like, you know, you've been really 
kind of go, go, go all day. And it's, I don't know, just like your, your energy is not matching the thing you're trying to do. And so you find yourself calling a friend and you're talking to your friend. And then as you're talking to your friend, oh, you clean the room. So there you could say, oh, that thing, it's almost like, what am I trying to say? There's a way you could always look at the results of your actions that we've talked about. And that is helpful, I think, in reframing some of the things we do. I say we like I do some of the things I do. It's helpful for me to reframe this and kind of go and and yeah, drop the idea of how did I do it, and instead think about I it got done right. I cleaned my room, so it doesn't matter that I did it, you know, in patches while calling three friends, or does it matter that I I got it done? But I think like. I guess I want clarity or clear, like a clarification around what you mean when you say self-soothing. Because I think when I picture self-soothing, I picture like quite literally tapping back into the, the record player that is my brain and my body and reorienting to me, gazing inward instead of paying so much attention to everything outside of me. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. I don't know. And I also, I will own too that I think a piece for... And, and I mean, I think this relates to like life in general, but I, I do know, you know, there's patterns I carry around people pleasing and around like wanting, you know, kind of always keeping my vigilance about like, what does everyone else in the room need? What is, and I mean, that's also like, I don't know, you could say like hashtag mom life, right? Like, but, but just to name, like there's this way in which I think it's, for me to do any task, I could get the task done. But there is an aspect of my own self that also could use soothing with all the tasks or could use awareness. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, like I you think, could kind of yeah. get, I guess I, maybe I'm taking this like too philosophically, but I'm also thinking about how I think sometimes it feels like I'm just a, I'm not like a, I don't think, I, I don't think I'm a robot with my kids or with my, you know, or with Bobby, but I do think there's like this way in which it's like on button and then robot, robot, robot through all these tasks. And I can feel so productive and have all this momentum, but it doesn't necessarily actually hit upon my larger task in life, which is also to stay connected to myself as I do those things or to stay present or to, in- oh, dare say, enjoy myself sometimes. <laughs> so I don't know. And, and I know those, two, those things are in contradictions. I feel maybe I'm too, maybe it's a pickle ball. I don't know what's happening. No, what's yeah, happening, David? Ball. No, no, I think you make sense. And I think, I think like, like this is where my brain i love i love the word like kind of saying let's define self-soothing because i think that's a really hard definition to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest i think that's one of those things that like we all hear self-soothing we all have our own definition and we all nod and move on but like we don't get grounded on like what we're talking about yeah yeah and so like i see self-soothing as something you do to attend to yourself to soothe your your nervous system to make your body feel better some people would say like to um to not just live neck up, but to mm. actually live in your whole body, right? Mm-hmm. And take a moment mm-hmm. to get grounded. And so for me, um, sometimes I come out too hot. <laughs> you know, I'm a little fast. And so I'll have to, I'll get, I will use self-soothing or grounding techniques. I'll take three breaths mm-hmm. and close my eyes before I'll go out and like present. Um, or I'll jump up and down as a way to like mm-hmm. soothe my energy. I'll mm-hmm. physically move up and down. Mm-hmm. Um in when I was younger, so this is where I want to honor, I, I, I saw soothing as something different. 
right? I saw that as watching a show, one more show, or I saw that as um, listening to a song that I liked or, you know, doing something else. It was like, it was an action that would feel good. It was an action that would like get my mind off of things, right? Mm. Which is also important. Mm -hmm. But when I'm hearing you talk about calling a friend and doing work together, I'm hearing you talk about an accommodation. Yeah. Not self-soothing. Yeah. And when I'm thinking about self-soothing, I'm thinking about how that's self-soothing in and of itself is is the entire task. Right? Like mm-hmm. my task right now, I'm gonna take three grounding breaths where my inhale is like or my exhale is longer than my inhale. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna like then I'm gonna come back to the room and then I'm gonna go. That's a self-soothing part. So if I'm getting upset or I'm getting angry and I need to respond to my, you know, to someone else in my life, I'll, I'll be like, let me ground myself. Let me take a couple breaths mm-hmm. so I can respond with the energy that I want and then I can re-engage in life. And that's a moment of self-soothing, right? So that's that's me slowing down so I can actually have a conversation with the right level of intensity. So I can like not do something that doesn't make sense, right? Mm. So often when we're anxious about something, when we're anxious about a task that we have to do, or we don't want to do a task, um, self-soothing can become avoidance. And I think that's the part that could trap us all, all us neurodivergent folks. Yes. Right? Where, where we could prioritize feeling better or not feeling the anxiety as opposed to accomplishing the task. And so I think I kind of like said, like, self-soothing isn't the task, it's the task. Like, and I, I kind of like jumped into it. And it's, I think... I want to say like self-soothing is very important. It can be a big part of the task. It can be its own task. But if if it's not going to help you get the thing done that you need done, it's like at some point in time, it's just starting. It's doing the uncomfortable thing. Mm. And like getting whatever kind of accommodation we need to start, right? Whether it's calling a friend or setting a clock or like holding your breath or whatever it is, um, it has to enable starting because the only thing that'll make us feel better is finishing. I'm just sorry, David. I'm having a moment. I'm having a moment right now as you're talking. Okay. So let me, let me, let me make sure I, I'm hearing you right. Self-soothing is it's like tap back into your body. Remember that you have a body. <laughs> And then you notice where your nervous system is and you doing something really concrete, often physical even to try to, I, so, okay, cool. So self-soothing, yes. And then I think I want to tack onto that, like, ooh, and then also there's lots of other terms we could throw at it and it could look like so many different things that don't always necessarily mean grounding like high energy, right? It could also be like rebalancing. It could be coming back to yourself. It could be containing. It could be expanding. I mean, on and on. Oh, oh, but I'm speaking from a person that runs like, you know, I'm combined type running pretty hot into the hyperactive category. <laughs> so like often, <laughs> often I need to get grounded. I need to, I need That's to totally, totally fair. But ah, man, pickleball, I really am so tired. It's interesting we're talking about this. And as we're talking about this, I am suddenly aware too, like, Man, my energy is kind of like like chill. It's not low. I'm not bummed. I'm just like tapped out. And it's affecting like I want to show up so much more to this conversation than I am. 
Oh, there's something else you said, though, that I don't want to slip. Oh, this is going to really bother me, David. Oh, okay. You were talking about... <laughs> Help. What were you talking about? <laughs> just just now, we were talking about like the difference between self-soothing yeah. and and accommodations and how we define mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. self-soothing mm-hmm. and what, what grounding looks like. And then you were running through all the different variations of different ways people can soothe that not everyone needs to be grounded. Shawarma. <laughs> all right. Well, I think I just have to acknowledge my working memory. She is a little fuzzier than usual right now. I do, I do really appreciate your help to try to retrace the steps there. I think... To me, the light bulb went off a little bit when you were making... Oh, here it is. Okay. You were making the distinction. Isn't it weird that sometimes it comes back to you the moment you give up? I swear. Every time I'm like, well, I'm resigned to never knowing what I wanted to say. That's the moment that it comes back to me. Are you... Yes? I believe... No, I'm totally, I totally believe there's like a traffic jam of neurons that like your brain is sending information on the same pipe and they like slam together and every time you try to think about it, they slam together and you have to forget and then traffic just starts flowing normally again. <laughs> I don't know if that's real, but I don't I totally would subscribe to that. Okay, David, that exact visual, I believe firmly is what's happening in my brain. That's exactly what it feels like. It literally is like, well, if I just accept the traffic jam and just sit back and turn on the radio, that's like when it's going to come back. Um what came into my mind around the self-soothing is how we can, because you've talked about how we don't want dependency fosters aggression. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what came into my mind with self-soothing is how our own dependency. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm butchering this. I'm going to want to read you're, you're, this Wait, one. wait, keep going. You're, you're on a okay. roll right there. The, wait, wait, yeah, the right dependency. There. <laughs> Thanks for your help, David. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm on like us, you know, when you see in a movie, someone's on Dependency a sl- snowmobile reason. and it's like sliding backwards down the hill. That's hey, come back, bring, bring the snowmobile okay. back. So dependency leads to aggression. You're talking okay, about dependency. dependency leads to aggression. I noticed this. I noticed this interesting pattern in myself as you were talking where I was like really trying to defend all of my self-soothing me- mechanisms. Like even when you were saying like, oh, but, but, you know, I used to think it was watching movies or like watching a show. And I'm like, well, what is self-soothing then? That's what I do, you know? Like, and I think that there's this, I think it, there's something about self, I don't know. I'm losing the plot. I don't think. Like I a dependency take... on something? I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. I think uh... that we're dependent. We are dependent on things that's different than other people. We, we. The way the more you're dependent on something else to self-soothe, the more anxiety and aggression you can develop. If you're dependent on another person to self-soothe, you can get very angry at people if they're not there. If you're really dependent on a stapler working to self-soothe, I don't know why I just picked that, but it's arbitrary, so I'm going with it. Like <laughs> if the stapler doesn't work, like you're gonna get angry and you're not gonna be able to self-soothe. The more extended it is, the farther away it is from your agency the more vulnerable your soothing is, which is why when you're hearing me, like I'm not, I I don't want to take away like the relaxation and amazingness that is like sitting down and watching a ton of shows, especially shows that you've seen before, Mm -hmm. like over and over again. Don't get me started on The Office, like or Parks and Rec (laughs) or like, like I will go, I will, like Avatar Last Airbender, I'll watch that thing over and over. Yeah, yeah, like Mm -hmm. there, there are things that we'll do because there's comfort in the familiar, right? 
But then all of a sudden, if we lose the internet or the power goes out, what do you do? And I think like when we look at those base level self-soothing techniques that we have, it's like, I, I encourage everyone to like have a diverse set of self-soothing options. Like watch Tall Girl. Like it's great <laughs> if, if you like Tall Girl. Like but watch shows. But if Netflix is running slow or Tall mm-hmm. Girl, you know, leaves the network or leaves the streamer, like, yeah, you got to have options. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, if you if you also like cooking, go cook. If you like walking, go walk. If you like talking to friends, go talk to friends. Like all those things, right? But then have a have a emergency break glass place for you. Like, what do you need? And and for me, like sometimes that's really comfortable. Like like I don't know what it is, but it's like these special socks that are made out of like the really tight like camping socks. Like I like if I put on those socks, like I'm having a good day. It's like a nice thing to self soothe for me. And like um, I have days where I'll wear sweatpants as a way to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. I'll have, sometimes I'll take a really hot shower to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just sit there and like breathe for like just one minute to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll wear a weighted blanket to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'll lean on my partner to self-soothe. Like this isn't me just saying like we should, we shouldn't have just one, but like self-soothing is like its own task kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you have something else to do, if you've got to go clean your room, go go do the terrible thing so you can enjoy yourself later. The longer you hold that thing away, the more anxiety you're going to build, the harder it's going to feel right. It's like the more stimulating it's going to get. Like maybe you need that medication. But like I want us all to be able to think about self-soothing and the task as sometimes different things. Mm. And then when is that soothing going to be most effective? Do you really want that self-soothing like five minutes before you do a whole project? Or do you want that self-soothing the second you finish? Or do you need to take a break to take it? Mm. Or do you want to do all three? And I think like um, what can get lost is like if we're too mindful of our comfort, mm-hmm. that can be a distraction. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I have nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you.